Welcome to the Bad Cody Funky Podcast, issue number 42, everybody. On this yeah. podcast, we're going to be talking about 10 Cloverfield Lane, directed by J.J. Abrams. Well, produced by J.J. Abrams, directed by a director who uh, is having his first movie, which is this one, 10 Cloverfield Lane. You would never know. His yeah, his yeah, last name is Trachtenberg. Dan Trachtenberg? I want to say Trachtenberg. Harry the Spy? I no, his well, actually name is Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah, so I remember that because of uh, Michelle Trachtenberg. And what was the Pete and Pete's name? Dan Danny Tamborelli. So you combine <laughs> those two with your power of Nickelodeon, and you get Dan Trachtenberg. Huh. <laughs> but before we get into uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, directed by Trachtenberg and produced by J.J. Abrams, we've got uh, some news to get out of the way. Uh, so yeah, the first thing is we were treated to the X Men Apocalypse new trailer with more action. Um, it's interesting because they're all, they're using that same Psylocke clip of her cutting the car in every single trailer that I've I mean seen. that's all you need. But but they did add her like kicking and flipping and stuff. I mean yeah, it could be that's a really stunt cool. double, but at the same time Olivia Munn has been working out a lot. Like she's been posting on her Instagram every minute she can about her working out and doing all the different things she has to do for Psylocke. Mm-hmm. So it's like her like spinning and kicking and stuff. I just want to get one thing out of the way though. Can can you stop making Jennifer Lawrence a thing? I mean, I see yeah. why they're doing it. They're trying to close, like, the Wolverine gap because, you know, marketing, Wolverine tests well. He's popular. Push him, push him, push him. You know? I mean, I like Wolverine because he was just a badass back in the day, not because, like, oh, he tests well. Put him. Put him in all the movies. Cash money for bigger Spider-Man. But the whole Jennifer Lawrence thing and her not being Mystique but being Jennifer Lawrence, being Katniss Everdeen is really pissing me off. I mean, ah, like, like you know, no offense to Jennifer Lawrence. Well, I mean, I think she's overrated. But at the same time, it's like, does she have something in her contract that says she doesn't have to wear the blue makeup? Is that why she's always... That must be. That's got to be something. Does she that have top film in this movie? Uh, I, I, I want to say so. I really do want to say so. I, f- I feel like there's something Eli Gold or Eli... What's his name? Not Gold. Eli, Ari Gold. Fucking... Ari Gold. Ari Gold's her agent... <laughs> Ari Gold's her agent. No. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, Isn't he everyone's agent? Aquaman movie starring yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. You know, oh, and man. then he and then he negotiated that she doesn't have to. You know, like wear all the. Oh, you don't have to wear that makeup. I know it's a hassle. You don't have to do it. I'm I'm thinking that's why because I don't know about you guys, but it's really annoying to see this trailer. And in this trailer, it's just you know, it's it's mainly just Jennifer Lawrence, and but she's more Katniss in this one. Than anything else? You know, she's giving the speech. You're you're more than just blah blah. You're X Men, so fight. It's like shut up. Like no, you're not the leader. Here's what I don't get. Why does she care so much? Like What's Mystique that? just doesn't like up exactly. until now. She's been someone who's been out for herself. So why does she care? There now? was even that whole bit in uh, in was it? I don't know. It was it, was it first class where she's just like Magneto's not in charge anymore, and she's just like. She has the whole fucking shoulder shrug, like, fuck this, I'm taking all these leftover mutants and doing my own thing. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently she's making another X-Men school or something, I guess. Yeah, I, oh, my God. I just, oh, man. I mean, it, it, it looks all right. I, I don't know how well it's going to do, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Serge, I think we're good, all but... upset they're pushing Mystique for SummerSlam. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not happening. Yeah, I'm. I'm the most upset that Magneto is going to be one of the horsemen of the apocalypse because he is infamously against apocalypse, no matter how you cut it. In Age of Apocalypse, he tears that motherfucker in half. It's so cool, and he's like, you know, he gets with Rogue, and you know, gets a little, little baby, and... picking up Xavier's dream when the man is dead. Oh, yeah, that's it's, a 
it's just cool. And they just like I don't understand why they use Magneto and not like Havoc, or or even Ooh. Beast or or like why is like that'd be awesome. I'd love to see Dark Beast. Dark Beast was fucking crazy. I loved him. He was so evil. Mad scientist. Yeah, it was great. But no, and didn't he like escape back in time, disguised as normal Beast, and Dude, was living he's, amongst he's them for a while? He's been back and forth in in the regular Marvel universe like a bunch of times, it's, like it's just so dicking around. He even did it when Beast's, like, you know how in in the Grant Morrison run, or Astonishing X-Men, Beast lo- kind of looks like more like a cat than he did in the 90s? Yeah. yeah Dark Beast yeah. still looks like the 90s Beast. Oh. And they fight and shit. It's awesome. I would love to see Ultimate Reed Richards fight against Dark Beast. Dude. Or I would love to see them team up and then try to betray each other, and then they fight. Oh, it'd be so cool. <laughs> and throwing Starscream in there for good measure. Oh, my God. It's, it's, the, it's the greatest... Betrayers, the scientists from Beast Wars. Why not? Just throw them all, <laughs> all, all in one, one group. Um, now, now, was there anything else for, from the show that you guys like, like took away from it, or like, was is there more things that you liked or disliked? Yeah, just just more of the same for me. In all honesty, like I'm, I'm kind of excited to see X Men. I'm, I'm not the most excited, but I'm kind of excited. You know, it, it's yeah. definitely interesting. It's action packed. You had some cool shots. You got to see Oscar Isaac before he becomes Apocalypse, which was which is pretty cool. Yeah, like what's what's up with that? Was that ever a thing in the comics? Uh, I don't I don't remember. Apocalypse he's bo- was never he's born, I believe, with gray skin and like the freaky blue lips. But yeah. all his other like powers and what have you come from wacky alien technology, which is in the mm. armor. Hmm. I'll tell you one thing: you get that blink and you miss it psychic knife from Psylocke when she's standing behind oh, Angel when the roof so is great. like ripped off behind them. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's yeah. like, oh, the Psychic Katana, that's cool, but nah. I'm down with that that little hand knuckle. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, like, you see it really quick. Yeah, she, like, slash, slashes over him, then does, like, like this crazy kick into his furs. I'm like, oh, yes, it's... Olivia Munn, get it. Get it. I mean, she looks straight out of the comics, like, more than anyone in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. She absolutely. does. Absolutely does. And I'm so glad that they that they got her for it. And the whole thing looks, look, does look crazy action-packed. But, oh, man, Olivia Munn, more than anything else. Like, I'm, I'm happy for her because he used to watch her in Attack of the Show. Yeah. You know, which was, you know, inspiration for Becker and Funky and all that other stuff. So to see her. And I love, I love like, the, <laughs> the Comic-Con panel where Chris Hardwick was like, Olivia Munn, hey, you used to be uh, over here. Now you're on the other side. You're in the movie now. It's, it's weird. It's great. <laughs> look at you now. Oh, man. Uh, the other the other thing I want to mention real quick too is it looks like Havoc goes crazy on it, like he unleashes some crazy amount of power. So I wonder if that's going to be the end of him. Oh, or, the thing where where it's like he's in uh, Cerebro and it's like, like yeah. it's coming out of his chest still. Yeah, that what's looks that? Like painful. Like what's up with it coming out of his chest and like the whole hula hoop thing instead of like so Havoc? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, didn't it come out of his chest at one point? I feel like well, in what in the comics or the movie? Yeah, in the comics. In the comics, it's weird. Like it, he has it, it's like circles. Like it's like it is like rings of energy, but it's it's like con- it's still concussive force, like Cyclops. But it comes in like bursts. Yeah, it doesn't really look like a like a beam ever. Well, um, it's, I I know that it's the opposite energy signature or, or vibration or whatever a Cyclops is. So they can't actually use their powers on each other because they cancel each other out. Yeah, they gotta beat the yeah. shit out of each yeah. other. Like true. I remember, like, yeah, I remember like like putting each other in the sharpshooter. 
Yeah, like like an X Men Evolution, like when they were uh, like they they went into that that machine. Um, that oh yeah, Magneto had yeah, it was great yeah. to like accelerate the mutant thing, so they came out like adults, like Psylocke looked all. I mean, uh, Cyclops looked all oh, Psylocke. Cyclops looked all badass, and like Havoc came out, and like they were both just like, oh, we're brothers, oh my god, and then like, they went down to this planet to like destroy the space station, and then Cyclops beam just boomed straight up, and like Havoc put it puts his fists together, and, they, and they're both their beams are shooting straight up, and it destroys that whole station. I was like, my god, that's awesome but here it's like oh hula hoop power out of my chest oh my god look yeah i mean they, they, it doesn't look like they're gonna make it hula hoop anymore in all honesty yeah. like I, I think they're just like yeah that was fucking stupid <laughs> um and they definitely well, we definitely just seems dumb. like it's just a straight like you know fucking laser chest blast. comic book ass laser like yeah unibeam. yeah unibeam yeah exactly <laughs> unibeam yeah that's exactly what oh it seems god. like um, speak while well, speaking of Marvel too, uh, as everyone knows, on Friday, which is tomorrow or today, depending or last week, whenever you're listening to this, Daredevil season two is going to debut. Daredevil. Speaking of seeing things, yeah. <laughs> speaking blind. of red sunglasses, Daredevil. You got ninjas. You got stick. You got Electra. You got the Punisher. What more could you want? Born again. Oh, man. I love that they got like like for everybody who knows Shane from The Walking Dead, yeah, to be the Punisher. My God, he he's actually pretty, looks good. He does like yeah. oh my God, like the, the the new trailer where he's like covered in blood and like there's like mist. It's like what the hell happened to him? Yeah, my God. I, I had my reservations about him for sure, but the more I'm seeing, the more I'm like, oh okay, yeah, oh yeah, here we go. This is yeah. this is what I want. Yeah, at first I was just like, okay, him, all right. I mean, he did a pretty good job in The Walking Dead, like being being a psycho. I mean, he's yeah. about to kill Rick and everything. That was really cool. But then, you know, he kind of you know started to redeem himself. But then when he uh, named him as Punisher, I was just like, huh, that could work. And then you see the trailer, and you're like, all right, yeah, <laughs> I can One see this. Bad day is all it takes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really, really just solidifying just how much of the opposite side of the coin that he is from Daredevil, which is fucking yeah. awesome. I would not have been mad if they kept on with uh, Thomas Jane because I think he was oh, a really yeah. good Punisher. I, I really liked him as Punisher. Like the movie was like okay, it wasn't the best, but it was, it was <laughs> yeah. definitely like like they had good actors in there, like Ben Foster as the kid with all the piercing, uh, Rebecca Romaine as like the love interest, and uh, you know Thomas Jane is a good Punisher. Like, do you remember that internet short that they had called like Laundry Day or whatever? Dirty Laundry. Dirty Laundry. Yes. Yeah. So cool. It's got he, Ron Ron Perlman in it too. Oh, it's so good. Like I love those shorts, and they did one for Venom too. I don't know if you guys saw that. Whoa, did they? So. Yeah, what? it's. Uh, I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I think it's uh, it's something to do with news, uh, but it's with uh, the the brother from True Blood, Ryan Quinte Quinte. I can't remember his name. Uh, but he's uh, Eddie Brock, and you don't actually know who he is. You just like he's wearing this black suit, and he's like doing the beat, and he's like this reporter just trying to like sneak in and get all these like exclusives and stuff like that. And uh, he has this, it's almost like a found footage where he has this like news crew following him. It's really fucking cool. You guys should definitely check it out. Very low budget. Just kind of actually, it's even more low budget than dirty laundry. Um, It's the same director too. So like if you go on that channel, YouTube channel, you'll be able to find that one. It's really fucking cool. And I think he did another one, but I don't remember what it was. But those two are great. But yeah, Thomas Jane should have—he could have been Punisher. That would have been—I would have been okay with that. It would have been older for sure, which would have been cool. Get a more grizzled Punisher. I still kind of yeah. like Ray Stevenson as the Punisher. No, yeah. don't talk about that movie ever again. Yeah, you like I the mean, first Punisher more than Warzone? Yes, yes, dude. Warzone Absolutely. had Punisher crying. The Punisher does not cry. All right. 
There's no crying in Punisher. It felt more Punisher to me. It had Jigsaw. It had Microchip. I mean... I honestly didn't make that far. I made it to when he started crying, and I was like, this is getting off right immediately. Yeah. Stop this. I mean, I mean, I mean, dude, like, the first Punisher had that, that, that awesome quote where, you know, uh, Thomas Jane, uh, the Punisher, walked up to, the, like, the police station. He was like, oh, wow, Frank, okay, I can see how you're upset. Upset? I used to get upset. I used to get upset. <laughs> and he just lists stuff. He's like, I used to get upset when the Yankees won the series. I used to get upset when I got a parking ticket. If that's upset, like it was, just, I can't remember the whole. I used to remember the whole thing. But if you go, but then at the end he goes, if that's upset, imagine how I feel now. And everyone's just like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, this guy. Oh my god. I mean, you can't. Second one didn't have that for me. Yeah, no. And honestly, too, like. John Travolta, even though he's kind of crazy right now, like he's a bad guy. He makes a great bad guy. He makes an amazing bad guy, John. Dude, Travolta. it's Face Off. Yeah, he just has fun <laughs> as a bad face guy. Off? Yeah, God, one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the bad guy in Face Off. It's yeah, like the is. same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he just has so much fun because like, he's so used to playing like the good guy that when he gets to play the bad guy, he's just like it's just a good time. He owns it. it. Yo, he absolutely does. He's like, fuck it, this is I'm getting paid for this. Hell yeah, let's let's do this. <laughs> Um, and speaking of, let's do this. This is the worst segue ever. Um, we were also teased a bit this week with the, I guess you would say, the notion of an Xbox One being able to play online with or against your PlayStation Four buddies and oh vice my versa. God. I, I have I have friends and family like going crazy over this thing because for the longest time, you know, we've had the console wars and it just made no sense. And you know, with the PC master races are like, bleh, bleh, you guys argue amongst yourselves. We'll be over here up on Olympus because um, <laughs> you know. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like I, I have friends and family who are on a different console than I am. I don't have an Xbox. I have a PlayStation because when E three, when that famous E three was was happening, uh, uh, you know, Xbox was like, oh, you'll have to have your system on for twenty four hour checks if you want to give your friend your game. They'll have to log into a system and then you'll have to approve them and then they can do it and have to put in a key and all sort of all sort of madness. And then PlayStation's conference right after that that E three, and they're like, oh, and that same day, and they're like, oh, if you want to do this thing, you can, yeah. Yeah, if you want to do this, you can. Yeah, and if you want to give your friend a game, whatever, just give it to him. Yay! And it's just like everything that we wanted. I'm like, okay, PlayStation is my thing now. But uh, yeah, some of our friends or family still are on Xbox. So for us to play something like The Division together, no matter what the hell we're on, is amazing. Like they can be on their Xbox, I can be on my PS4, and we're going to be in the same game. Like that's huge. And at first, um, you guys can check out the article on BackHittyFunky.com that will go into more detail. But basically. Um, what happened at first is that Microsoft said they wanted to do it with PCs, and they were already kind of doing that with some games, so it's not that much of a revelation. So, like, games like Rocket League, while you were playing on your PS4 or Xbox, you were playing with PC players. And they had an update, I think, that kind of stopped that for a bit, because I think something was broken. So, this next iteration might come with um, only select games, I'm thinking, because you can't put first-person shooter games uh, and, and... Put it and dump people into arena where uh, PC gamers are going to go up against like console players because that'd be totally unfair. But if it's a racing game like uh, Dirt that's coming out soon, I mean that that doesn't matter. You can be on a PC or an Xbox, but I mean it, it, this is cool. Probably know? sports like, too. I mean, let's face it, right? Yeah, Get your, your yeah. Maddens, your Fifas. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, all the sports games. I mean, and it's crazy because there are people who have friends who don't have one console or another. They chose it for some reason, and there you go. So. 
you know, there's more detail on that on on this site. But oh man, like yeah. it's it's crazy that it's finally happening because they could have done this so long ago. But you well, know, like so here's here's my thing about this whole thing. Like I want this to fucking really really happen, and Microsoft like Microsoft initiated right because they want to get our our trust back after the whole debacle of that E3. <laughs> yes. They want to be the good guys again. So they kind of, I think what they did is they kind of mentioned it and were just like, Sony's not going to agree, those fucking idiots. And then it's one of those like traps, right? Where they're just like, they, they call it a bluff and it's like, your move, Sony. And Sony's like, well, your shit. Move, like, creep. Yeah. <laughs> and Sony's like, well, yeah, like I can't like, <laughs> we can't not do this with all the hype that it's getting. And notice it, it's only really starting with Rocket League right now. It's just exactly. one game in there that already has cross uh, like PC to PS4 gaming capabilities, and yeah, it's, it's Microsoft that were the ones that were holding out on that, right? Yep. So now Microsoft's like, "Oh, we're not holding out," and fucking so Sony's like, "Oh shit!" Uh, like they're playing chicken essentially, right? So they're like, "Fuck, like fuck it, we're not holding out either." Like me, yeah, we it's really so want it's, this to it's such a stupid corporate power play. Well, we're not, but we're not, blah 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 blah. We're right. blah, 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 blah. It's but like what's going to happen is while these two companies are like seemingly all for it, you have to think about the Activisions, the Ubisofts, um, the EAs that have been used to some gamers getting two copies of one game in order to play with groups of friends. Different exactly. groups of friends. So what they did was they said that, oh, it's up to the developers to add this in. We'll allow the functionality, but it's ultimately up to the developers to really pursue this. So that's where the publishers are going to be like, yo, respawn. You fucking do that, I kill you. <laughs> I, be- I bet you, because they're not going to want to lose that money. So I'm remaining optimistic, but I'm remaining cautiously optimistic. To the point where it's like it's fucking big business. You know how these guys work. Like it's, so, not, it's so, not a secret. So, so, so you think that? Uh, so I want to see if you're getting at like that. Some developers aren't going to be on board with this. So I think indie developers are going to be all gone home. Oh, absolutely. I, indie developers are going to fucking eat it up. I'm looking um, at you, Hyperlight Drifter. I want to play you. Yeah. Come out already, <laughs> damn it! But I think what's going to happen is that those bigger guys are going to struggle with it, or they're yeah. going to add in something like an extra fee. Like a cross-play pass. Oh, yeah. You don't act like you don't think they're thinking about that right now. They absolutely are. And you if know, they're not, they they are now. They fucking are now because they all listen to our podcast. Oh, big time. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> but yeah, no, like they, they have to be like, oh yeah, you want to play with your Xbox buddies? Fine, fifteen bucks extra. It's gotta be. It's gotta be something because I fuck doubt... man. That's like that's like expensive on one hand, but at the same time, it's like enough of a price to pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Depending on the game too. Oh. So that's what I think is gonna happen. I hope it doesn't. I hope you know, greedy corporate EA, Activision, and Ubisoft prove me wrong. But then again, these are guys who really love the season pass. Actually, Ubisoft not so much. They didn't even make a season pass for Far Cry Primal. Nah, is it, is it, like they're not so much, but they still have that stupid like you play bullshit. Like, yeah, which I still Ubisoft, don't understand. Can you, can you please stop doing the you play? Nobody enjoys that. Okay, like I just want to get into Far Cry Primal. I just want to get into your games, but it's like, oh, sign into a you play thing. You earn points, and then with those points, you get. Nobody wants that. Okay, I mean it's it's cool in the division because you get like like certain little packs and stuff, but yeah. why not set that up so you just earn that in the game? Like I don't know, like old school times. I guess I'm crazy. Unlockables you don't have to pay what? for? Exactly. What? That's what a revelation. I'm nuts. Why is that a thing? Like, it's just... just 
I don't understand how some of these like all these, these big wigs think, really. Because uh, anyway, yeah. So they listen, they listen to our podcast. So Ubisoft, cut it out. Okay, knock it this off. Is bad Kenji Funky. We're, we're saying cut it out. Knock it off. No more you play. And everybody else, get on board. I want to be able to play with friends and fam who don't have my console and yeah. are on uh, you know other things. It'll be great. That's the dream, man. That there's nothing worse than you meet a new buddy, right, or a new potential buddy, and you're talking about the division, and you're like, oh man, I got this, I got this AK, it's fucking great, blah blah blah. I was in the dark zone, dude. You want to believe how many you got people I killed and snatch up all their shit at the same time? It's fucking great. You're like, oh yeah, I did that too. Blah blah blah. It's like, oh cool. Well, I'm more of like a rusher. What are you? Oh, I like to hang back. All right, cool. Oh dude, we should totally play together. This is gonna be great. This is gonna be great. Oh yeah, what's your PSN name? You mean your? Xbox. You mean gamer tag? What? What you have? Oh, you're an Xbox. <laughs> it's like hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, <laughs> I come to talk with you again. So ridiculous. It's a classic tale of boy meets girl. Girl plays Xbox. Boy plays PlayStation, and the two shall never meet. No, it's more you... like it's more like girl plays Wii U. Boy plays PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's 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 more it's more like you're at a diner and like the, the waiter hears you talking about all the games and stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys play too. Yeah, we should totally." Like game together and stuff, not in the gay ways. What's your? St- oh, you guys are on on that. Oh, well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, what a thing to the- happen when you're just trying to eat some pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, that was great. Yeah, that guy was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I had, I don't have an Xbox. I got a PlayStation." Oh, okay. Well, okay. Cool. Right. Some well. some things here based on true events. Oh man. <laughs> I felt so bad for that guy. He's like, oh, man, I don't have any friends. Like, I need, like, you guys seem cool. I'm like, yeah, we are cool, bro. Uh, okay. Well, here's my, my gamer to my Xbox. No, we got PlayStation. and suck it, nerd. Oh, no. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not like that. No. But if you do have a PlayStation, you can definitely play with us weeknights on Twitch.tv. We've been playing The Division, which is amazing. Yeah, it's good. Oh, my God. Good. Yeah. So I can't wait for all that stuff to happen oh man so we talked about x-men <sighs> jennifer lawrence katniss every day we talked about daredevil excited for that it's coming out soon uh tomorrow or today depending on when you're listening to this and online cross play there is more stuff that we haven't touched upon in the news to get out of the way at badcootyfunky.com like the playstation vr that's coming out and mm. uh paragon the uh Amazing looking third person uh, MOBA that's coming out. It actually looks pretty crazy, and the um, the beta is going to be starting soon. Uh, check that on com. But until then, uh, enjoy the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast, the only podcast where we all want to be John Goodman's daughter. Don't know why I like that. That's so terrible. It's so bad. Welcome, everybody, one and all, uh, to the Bad Kitty Funky main portion of the podcast, issue number 42, talking about 10 Cloverfield Lane, an amazing movie that recently came out. It's about uh, these three characters surviving in a bunker built by John Goodman, who plays Howard in this movie. It's produced by... J.J. Abrams, our boy, and director Dan Trachtenberg. This is his first movie, his movie debut. You would not know that this was his first movie by watching it. You would 
you would not guess that. But uh, yeah, they're surviving a post-apocalyptic world outside, or are they? We're not really sure. There's a mystery going on outside and inside. Oh, man. And uh, a question that a lot of people have asked me over um, over the week, up and coming to the podcast, they've been saying, uh, is this, oh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, is that is that a monster movie? Because Cloverfield, right? So is it it's just like a big monster happening in that movie? It's actually a lot more than that. You'll be surprised when you watch it. And it's uh, and if you guys agree, it's a pretty deep movie, right? There's a lot of substance in it. There's a lot, oh man, the act, the acting is absolutely top notch. Oh, absolutely, like, John oh Goodman in an Oscar worthy performance. Oh, oh my god! If this movie came out before the Oscars, John Goodman definitely would have uh, gotten he, the Oscar. I, w- I would say he would be on the list for for next year for sure, just based oh, on absolutely. that. Oh, absolutely. Unless god. you know, science fiction films and their usual snubbage. But <laughs> I mean, Mad Max, Mad Max, man, Mad Max, touche, Mad Max. We're, we're living in a new era, an era where Mad Max wins Oscars. It's great. <laughs> I love this era. Oh my god, this movie's gotten like rave reviews across the board, and and it really because it just it starts out with you just on um on uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead who plays Michelle in this movie, her character just just gathering her things together. It's all normal and everything like it usually is in these kind of movies. Everything's all normal. It's all blah blah blah. Here's my oh I got this avocado and uh, I was gonna cut it up and you know it's like okay get to the eh, whatever. Well they they make you think it's not normal the way it is at first like. She's packing frantically, right? And all of a sudden, you just hear, like, you, everything shakes. And you're like, whoa, what's a, it's a Cloverfield monster. It's going to relate like this already. And then it's just like, no. It's like it zooms out, and she's taking her time, and her phone rings. You know, she kind of thinks about answering it. Oh, no, she, the phone doesn't ring. She calls someone, right? Doesn't leave a voicemail. Then she just t- packs up her stuff, takes a bottle of booze, and goes. Leaves like, oh, the wedding ring. Yeah, leaves the yeah. wedding ring and the keys to the apartment. So you get a nice intro to her right away, and you get, like, a really cool vibe. But, like, they kind of play with you a lot. They play with your emotions a lot in that whole opening scene, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and it just gets more intense from there. And there's really. no sound in that opening scene. Yeah, yeah, which completely off-puts really? what happens. Ooh, yeah, I, well, there's the background music. But, but you know, oh. she's talking on the phone. You, you yeah, can't you see don't what hear she's her. saying. Yeah. It's just yeah, there's just music, and then I so I saw it in IMAX because it was the it was the only saw it in IMAX. You animal, well, dude. So, so I saw it in IMAX, but it was on uh, what the industry calls Bargain Tuesdays. That's over at Showcase Cinemas. Uh, if you see a movie on, <laughs> so if you it's it's a fun thing that I like to I like those to of play. us in the biz. It's uh, one of those things I like to play with my brothers and like whoever joins me on a movie at a showcase cinema on Tuesday, I go, guys, you're in for a treat. It's fucking Bargain Tuesday. <laughs> and Bargain Tuesday is, uh, it cost me $10 for the ticket, which normally IMAX costs quite a bit more. And then I got a large bucket of popcorn and a large soda for $10 as well. By the so, way, I, I love I love the new buckets of popcorn with like that that plastic lid on top. That's like a bowl. Yeah, right. It's like why haven't they done that earlier? Because this is just it, smart. it won't be out for long. It won't be out for long. They're gonna realize how much money they're wasting making these things, and we're gonna well, go back they, to the are, bags. You can even <laughs> no, use it as a sharing bowl for your buddies, so you don't have to like put your hand in. And that's why they're gonna stop it soon. That's money <laughs> getting out of the popcorn. Great? Like we went to see uh, Daredevil for a second. Day. He's like, oh my, whoa! Like you realize what it was like when you. <laughs> He's like, what? It's like a bowl. This is amazing. <laughs> the girl, the girl at the counter was like so dumbfounded with how stupid I looked when I'm like admiring this plastic cover to the popcorn. She's like, yeah. dude, get over yourself. Um, but yeah, anyway, so so we went and it's IMAX, and that car crash scene 
uh, back in 10 Whoa, Cloverfield that must Lane. Have been intense. It was like I my ears were. It was like I went to a rock metal concert for two or three minutes straight, all condensed, like an hour concert condensed into two or three minutes. My ears were not happy with me. It's also a not totally not bullshit jump scare. Yeah. yeah see, I was just going to say that legit made myself and everybody in the theater jump legit. I mean, I mean, not me because I'm not. not, not the yeah, person. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, ask your girlfriend what she thinks about it. <laughs> oh, she she won't see the movie. <laughs> that that we've already talked about. Oh uh, no, she wanted to see it, but this is not like a like a Marvel movie or something. She just didn't want to. No, well, to be fair though, like. So thinking about it afterwards, if I were not a man and I had saw that movie, that if I was a woman, that movie, this movie would be my probably my nightmare on screen. Ah, uh, because reasons. Because yeah. reasons that we'll discuss a little bit later. But like, it's just fucking intense. Like the whole thing. Like right after that whole car crash scene is really where things start to get really intense and really crazy. And it's just like, it was just so fucking cool the way it was shot. Um, how badass Michelle was, which was Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, and just how like relatable um, the other guy, Emmett was, who was played by what's his name, John John G- Gallagher Jr. Yeah, for those of you who don't re- remember these names or think these people have looked familiar, he's the should... son of the guy who breaks watermelons. Is he? No, he's not. I, I don't. I don't actually. I don't know. You can't be putting Damn out these Casey, facts, Casey. Damn it, so Casey. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in Scott Pilgrim, the Scott Pilgrim movie. Scott yeah, Pilgrim, the world as Ramona uh, Flowers. Ramona she's, Flowers. She's also in the hit teen superhero movie Sky High. What? What? Is she? Do you, you remember have that? A weird love. <laughs> Do you remember no, that? Do you no, that movie? Was she? Yeah, Damn. she was. She was the cheerleader that ended up being the bad guy. Oh yeah, spoilers for that movie. <laughs> spoilers for that movie Sky High. That was a while ago. That was on TV. <laughs> Yes. Um, so there's that. John Gallagher Jr. I know from The Newsroom, which is a fantastic uh, HBO show that was written by... Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. One of, one of my favorite, uh, actually, screenwriters. He's he done The West Wing and a whole bunch of other stuff with people walking fast down a hallway. Studio, was that? Sunset Studio? on the uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. It was, that was great. Fucking great. Um, apparently, Matthew Perry is in quite a bit of his things. But... <laughs> We're really going on changes today. <laughs> Damn, we brought up Matthew Perry. God, where is yeah, he going? That's right. Okay, back on track Maybe Matthew flowers. Perry will be the new Mark Hamill. Let's just Listen, work no, that in. What, no, what, no, what you don't realize is Greg is secretly trying to work Kevin Bacon into this by the end. He's, oh, got, he's got three degrees to go. He doesn't know it yet, but he's working on it. Oh, I, I can totally get there. And then John Goodman. Uh, if you don't know who John Goodman is, I don't need to tell you. What the fuck? Yeah, like, see, if you don't on. know who John Goodman is, seriously, like you're... We, we, we can't talk movies. We can't. Uh, that's it. We can't. The John Goodman of Coyote Ugly fame. Anyone? <laughs> God. Pick pick uh, any Coen Brothers movie. You got about a 50% chance of him being in it. That's true. That's very true. Um, but anyways, uh, John Gallagher Jr. is Emmett. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Michelle. And John Goodman's character was named... I can't remember his name. What was his character's name? It was... Um... Fuck. Howard. I just referred to him as John Goodman the whole time. Howard yeah. Stambler. Howard. Howard. Um, and what's cool, so we, we kind of, uh, we won't go through a recap of the whole movie, but we kind of learn more about Howard, right? And it's interesting because the theories are that he is the connection between Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane. 
Especially if you're in all that alternate reality game stuff, just like the first Cloverfield movie. Wait, wait, he's the connection? He's the connection. So he references that he was in the Navy SEALs and that he had worked on satellites. The theory is that I've read that the satellite that crashes at the end, when you watch that footage, that, you know, something crashes into the water that disturbs the Cloverfield monster and makes him come out and destroy everything. Yeah. That's the satellite that he put into orbit or that he had a hand in. So that's like the connection there. There's another connection in the scene where Mary Elizabeth Winstead is climbing in the vents to fix the air filtration system. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an envelope with Howard's name on it from the Tagurado Company, which is mm. the same company from the first movie that did all the undersea drilling and what have you that woke up the monster. Yeah. But that's a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. That's something yeah. I found out after I saw the movie because I'm not that quick. Well, like I saw it. I was like, make a mental note. And then I forgot what it was. Because it was just like, how can you forget what, like, you know, it's just like, the rest of the movie is just so fucking crazy. Yeah, apparently they also had the Slusho logo on there somewhere. Oh, really? That's really Yeah, again, didn't catch it, but, I mean, another reference to the first film. Yeah, it's really, really fucking cool. And it's funny because in an interview, like, J.J. Abrams was was saying uh, that, like, you know, he was asked, oh, is it, like, the same universe, same stuff? And uh, he was saying how it's a possibility and they're within the same uh, imagination, quote-unquote. Yeah, and I was just so, like, huh, come on, JJ. So here, here's my kind of thinking on that. I want to save for a little bit later, but we're diving into it right now. I think that Clo- the Cloverfield name, for me, is now, um, has the same connotation as the Twilight Zone for me right now. Mm. Dude. I mean, that's what I think. Yeah, it just, it's just deep. in movie form. And if that's not what it is, that's what they, the directors and Abrams, I'm sure, want it to be. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, after especially the ending, which we'll go into a little bit later, that's the vibe that I got out of it was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, in this one, it's man is really the monster, right? That's what I got oh, out seriously. of it. He, yeah. it took her. So, you just want to kind of spoil it right now? Or, throw up that spoiler warning. Well, we're throwing well, it up we're now. Talking about, we're talking so about the car still accident listening, that happened. still haven't seen the movie. Well, we don't want to yeah. go through the whole thing. I mean, because then it's just like an hour and a half of them in the most intense bunker to have ever existed. It seriously ever. is. Like, the, the tension that you feel with, with these characters is just palpable. I mean, especially John Gibbons' character, Howard. Just the way that he just looms over both characters is, oh, is yeah. incredible. You know, it's his bunker. He's, you know, he's like like physically a big guy, but also he's just so intimidating just by just looking at them. It's incredible. So you have these two characters who are kind of feel powerless, you know, like he he's always saying that he he's like he's like I saved you, I saved you to um uh to to Michelle. How could and you be so ungrateful? Yeah, you know, and she just wakes up in this in this thing and he's just like what's going on? He's like I saved you. And he keeps bringing it up. I saved you and this is the thanks I get and I saved you and he keeps just bringing it up and he makes some food and she's just like totally creeped out by the way he's looking at her. She kind of gets the vibe, all right, there's something not right about this guy. He keeps looking at me like that, and, you know, she tries to, at one point... The scene where she tried to, like, make John Gibbons' character jealous by kind of flirting with the other dude, I was like, what are you doing? This is this guy's bunker. He's obviously unstable. What do you think that's going to do to him? You know, <laughs> you know it's going to send him off the deep end. Don't do it. And sure enough, he just slams on the tape. That made me jump. I was like, damn it, this movie's literally actually making me jump. It's never happened I mean, well, it hasn't happened in a long, long, long time. The, yeah. like, the feels you get. And again, movie. not the cheap bullshit jump scares. It's yeah. it's real emotion and real impact. Oh, yeah. And during this movie, too, and it was up to these points where 
my elbow started getting really numb for some reason. And then I like I took myself out of the movie for a minute and I realized that my I had been digging into the armrests of like all of my weight because I was just like <laughs> so into it and I Dude. was just like so like tensed up by everything. And I was like, I should probably just not use the armrest for the rest of this movie. I was going to say, what, what, what is that movie trope? Like, you bought a ticket for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's how it was, too. Like, um, like we went to, like, you know, the comfortable theater with, like, you know, the leather seats and everything. Like that, and I was just, like, just, just hang, hanging off of it. Like, oh, what's going to happen now? What's happening next? What are they doing? And he's just like, this is good. And she just, oh, my God, the way she just broke the bottle. And this is in the trailer. And that's what I love about the trailer because JJ was also seeing how movie tra- he. I love that he agrees that movie trailers show too much. Yes. Yeah. We all we all say and to have someone as big as J.J. Abrams inside the industry say it is a huge thing. Like, thank you. Yes, they show too much. But his trailer for this movie doesn't show you anything. It just... also bait and switches you with the timing of it. It, it really does. It absolutely and it, does. And it also, we only saw the trailer two months ago. Yeah. Like months before the movie debuted instead of two years or three years. And it, it, it did well. It did oh, really well yeah. in theaters, despite the, the little, very little advertisement. But when it did, it's like, wait, what? What is this movie? Holy crap. And then uh, pretty much the climax in, in, in the trailer is her, Michelle, breaking a bottle over uh, John Goodman's head and running up to the front door. And she's like, oh, I see a woman. I see a woman. And he's just yelling, don't open it. Don't open it. Don't open the door. But wait, she needs our help. Don't open the door. We're going to die. And then it just cuts. And I'm like, what is this movie? What's out there? Oh, my God. But that, that scene was intense. That scene was intense. He's like, oh, but she needs my help. Look at her face. Look at her face. Don't open the door. And it's just like... Because you thought he was bullshitting before because like, he was like, all right, it's time to meet, you know, uh, I forget the names he had for these two dead pigs. Oh, yeah. And he had her go upstairs and look at these two dead pigs outside of a window. And and she goes, oh, what happened to them? And he goes, the air is, is polluted. I, I don't know if it's it's foreign foreigners or an attack, but an attack happened or it could be something else, something otherworldly. And uh, when you and you're like, okay, you could be bullshitting, but then when you see that woman and her face is all crazy, you're like, wait a minute, uh oh, oh no, he's telling the truth. Look at that lady's face. How did that happen? She's like, let me in, let me in, German. You let it bar- me in. It barely like, touched me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like she knew what was going on out there, and then at the same, oh, I love it because she's in between the space, Michelle, between the crazy lady and the outside world. She can supposedly escape into, but this lady's trying to get in, and John Goodman, the psychopath, but also the protector, rocking a hard crazy. place. Yeah, yeah. At, at that point in the movie, would you guys have opened the door and taken your chances, or gone back in the bunker? No, I would have gone back in the bunker. Mm. Easy. You so, play. Like, and, you play nice. You play by the rules. You get to live. I mean, like, really, that's, I mean, it's a slippery slope with him, because he's obviously, like, not well. He has some issues. He's not, he doesn't mean to be a bad dude. He's not like he's, like, the Joker, right, and just doing it all for pleasure. He's like, "Ah, I'll get you next time, Batman. He, like, he generally, and you can see it, too, when they're playing, um, what were they playing? Taboo, right? They were, like, doing, like, the word association game, and... Emmett had pointed to Michelle and was just like, you know, it's you know, it's the name of a book, like little, and he points to her and he goes, "What is what's she?" And he goes, "Girl, little girl, like you know, 
Just can't, uh, can't get can't it. Can't get to there. And then he's like, no, like, she's older. Like, you know, she might not be a girl. And he's like, oh, princess. And he can't make, like, he can't see her as a woman. Uh, which like, means to me you... that he, yeah, like, he can't yeah. see her as a sexual object. Which means that, like, you know, if he kills her, it's not because he's like, wants to rape her and have his way and stuff like that. He genuinely cares. And I think it's that he misses his daughter. And that's just not, like, connecting in his brain that well. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because uh, you know like once, oh man, because it it seemed to me like towards the end it seemed like he made that bunker for a sinister reason, but also to protect himself as well. But I think the initial intent was the sinister reason, because like uh, you know she finds the earring of like this other girl. You know he keeps right, talking yeah. about he was talking about his daughter and his daughter, and then you're just like wait what? Okay, whatever. But she's wearing, and then you know uh, uh, she finds the book with a picture. Of you know uh, the like you know of the girl inside and um, I mean I don't I don't think it's a sinister in nature I think that's what it ends up being I think he built it because he's crazy conspiracy theorist and he just happened to be correct well think about this too he built it knowing someone would have to be sized enough to fit into that air vent he had no intention of ever being in there one alone and two. Yeah. Without someone with a a waif like figure that could fit to those air vents to, yeah, I flip. guess. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I, that just feels like a cheap plot to me, so that she can find the earring. That just feels like yeah, yeah. She can find the earring, yeah, because because it because it, it, it seemed as if like he 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 abducted some girl and killed her in the vat of chemicals he kept in that compartment. Yeah, like what the hell? Why do you have a vat of chemicals that can move dissolve a human being? Yeah, move the barrel into the bathroom. And, well, he had uh, said it, he said he was said it was used for jet fuel or something like that, right? For fuel. Yeah, well, which know. which is like what's like that's what it's used for, but what he was using it yeah. for was something else. Because I mean, he obviously like he kidnapped somebody, and then you know she scratched help and everything, and then you know Michelle found the earrings when she went into the air duct to fill to to do the fill. I wonder if he like tripped off the air filter. And he was just, like, there's a way for him to do that. So she'll have to crawl through, activate it. And when she comes back, it's like, oh, look at that. You fixed it. Yay. We went through a thing together. Know. Now we trust each other, right? I don't you know? I don't really think that because she, like, so that's a, an area that he cannot, like, watch her in, right? Yeah. Free reign. And we saw that she had used the earring to scratch help me into the glass with the blood to try to get help. So I th- I don't think that he meant for that to get tripped for the original one or even the even for Michelle. I think that he had it's just like a bad writing design so that we can find the help me thing. Mm. That's what it just felt like to me, and it's one of the only parts of the movie that just felt like, of course you find the earring. And for those of you who don't know what we're really talking about, um, John Goodman, it was alluded to in the movie that um, Howard had abducted a girl two years prior to this happening and everyone just assumed she had run off and it looked like he was trying to have that like father-daughter relationship going on again and she was trying to escape but she couldn't because you know he locked her in and had all the keys and probably did something very similar to what he had done to michelle uh, which was like shackle her and stuff like that i don't i think that she probably just tried to escape and pissed him off one too many times and so he killed her because yeah, she wasn't he's being grateful. super unstable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, oh god, like we're in, like you know we're moving into more and more spoiler territory. But man, when he oh god, like the whole vat thing, he was like, yeah, this vat is used to you know for jet fuel, but it also like like you know like melt human beings or whatever. Yeah. To, the what bone, to, to, to the bone in seconds, just yeah. to drop. And, 
And before that scene, uh, Michelle and the other guy, they were trying to build a hazmat suit so they can go out and escape and supposedly get help just to see if everything was real. Because Michelle was like, I heard a car above my room. And, he, and the guy was like, what? A car? Yeah, I heard it. He said it was nothing. It's like, huh, interesting. And then uh, they were gathering stuff together, but behind his back, you know, they, uh, the whole ploy with the shower curtain, like, oh, you know, like she went and uh, turned back on the air filter. Maybe she might have been exposed. So, you know, maybe she wants to take another shower. And he was just like, ah. he's like, you know, maybe, maybe those chemicals or whatever is out there could be on the shower curtain. And John Goodman thought about it and, uh, you know, Howard and threw it away yeah. and they got it back. And that was the material for, for the hazmat suit. Oh man! I love but that in those those three seconds between when Emmett tells him and he tries to go back to watching the movie, you can just see it sinking into his face. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's so it's like such an understated performance. Like before, he really goes nuts, but you you can you just see the paranoia. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I acting. Mean, John Goodman is just he's just such a great actor. Like it's kind of weird that didn't he get a start on Roseanne? Was that his first or one of his first roles or at least his first major one? I couldn't I even think tell so. You. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that was like his breakout role. Like everybody yeah. was just like, "Oh, look at this guy, fucking Roseanne." And then he just kind of took off from there. And every single thing I've ever seen him in, he has tried really well, and he has acted really well in all of those. Because and that's I think the sign of a good actor is even if you get like a bit throwaway part. Like I joked earlier, but like Coyote Ugly, he was like the father. He even did a good job in that, and he didn't and even the need to. And the Flintstones. Hey, he did a that really was Fred Flintstone. bit part. I mean, he's Fred fucking Flintstone. Can't forget yeah. about that. You have a damn Scooby Doo. <laughs> but he tries, and that's yeah. and he succeeds as well. It's not like he tries and he fails like some like some actors, but he does a good job, and that's all you can really ask for a performance out of him. And the fact that like so here's the big thing about it, and this has something to do with um, a bit of the filmmaking behind it as well, and the lighting, but. After the the vat, and he you know he finds he had found that the you were saying the the tools they're using to make this hazmat suit. He shoots Emmett in the head because Emmett confesses to that was crazy. I did to, not see yeah. that coming. Where he was like, uh, he's like, what are, I know what you guys. What are you guys doing? What is what is this all for? He's like, it's me, just me. I was trying to take her gun. You know, I wanted her to look at me the way she looks at you. I want her to respect me. He goes, okay. I accept your apologies and shoots him in the head. I was like, Boom. oh, my God. Bam. Summary execution. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. And that he, was I crazy. Mean, in his mind, too, and as he explains it, it's justified in his own mind. He, you know, immediately, Michelle's like, oh, fuck. And he grabs her and holds her and he goes, that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Who's going to hurt us? You saw him. And she knows the truth. And he goes, no, it's okay. It's okay. Now it's just the two of us. Yeah. And then, and then you see her face go. Oh my god, I have to get out of here. And that's when shit really, really goes down where she goes back in her room and is hanging out and he comes back clean, clean shaven, shaven, ice cream in hand. Oh, that was ice cream, the night the neat hair, and he was creepier than before. That was amazing. I wonder I wonder what psychopath John Goodman had to study for that because oh, he was definitely know. channeling somebody. That was amazing. The way he, I mean, yeah, the way the way they shot and everything, he was yeah, like you said, he was clean shaven. He was giving her ice cream, and he was like, "Oh, do you want a cone or a bowl?" Uh, and he said, like, his daughter or or um, the other girl always wanted it a bowl, so he just yeah. like sat it down there. It's like you cra- like that's not her, yeah, you crazy John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like stares at her and just like starts eating the cone. Well, I'm gonna go back cooking. Like dinner's almost ready. And then he walks away, and she's like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And then we get the infamous she makes the break for it scene. Yeah, he doesn't even make it out of the room. No, 
Nope, she makes a break for it, throws the acid over him, so he's half-melted at that point, and she's trying to make a run for it, doing it all. He's stabbing through the vent. She's going through the vent. She knows how she has to get out. It's really tense. Everything's kind of going. And this is the point where I was like, because you heard him say, like, no, don't go out there. You know, you're going to, like, die. You're going to kill us all, blah, 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 because he still thinks it's, like, a disease out there or it's, like, a dirty bomb that went off. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, oh, he's, oh, oh, he's, he's, even, he's even, even better, a... even better. Like earlier, earlier when when they heard a plane fly over, yeah. and uh, you know he was talking oh, about yeah, he yeah. was, yeah, he was. He said he was in a navy for for a long time, an umpteenth amount of years. So a plane mm-hmm. flew over, and they're like, you know, they're all like, oh, what's going on? He was like, it's not one of ours, and and they're asking him, how do you know that? And he said, you know, how many years he was in the navy? It was like Eighteen, right? I think. Eighteen years or seventeen years in the navy, and they're like, well, how can you tell? He's just like, oh, uh, you know, my time in the navy, and um, and he said that's not ours, and he's like, it's it's foreign or it's something else, and I was yeah. like, what? Like aliens? What? Yeah. And it just, but just the way he said it, he was so sure, and you just had to believe him in that moment. Yeah. And all that stuff that kind of built up to when you heard his voice that was being melted from the acid, it sounded almost like robotic. Yeah, it sounded crazy. And then I, my brain immediately went, "What if he's actually an alien and he's like the good alien that's hanging out down there and oh. he's just trying to get away? And then there are actual other aliens up top that are looking for him, and he's the reason why they're here." And then it just turned out that that wasn't the case at all. That he was just as vocal cords were getting melted and that's the yeah he, he was yeah. he was half of a melted face away from being gus frank he was oh two-faced yeah but yeah i mean fast forward to to the breakout she 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 runs and she she tries to get out she she's got the hazmat suit with her and like she's she's going through the vent and he's like trying to like the the classic horror movie thing where he's stabbing the knife through the vent he's like yeah, stay yeah. here with me babe trying to give me <laughs> even gets the hand around the ankle like yeah, classic. The, yeah. <laughs> the classic horror movie under the ankle, and she kicks it, and his hand gets cut off or whatever. Looks like but, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man when he's screaming into the vent. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and her that, makeshift that just horrible anger on his face. I, and I love their explanation that she like went to fashion school. She's into fashion school, so she knew how to make like crap, mm. <laughs> so she can make this hazmat suit. So she's out of MacGyver nothing. all of a sudden. Yeah, so she's <laughs> MacGyver. <laughs> Ten Cloverfield Lane. Here is Michelle making a hazmat suit, and she mm. makes it. Oh my god! And then, mother of God, the absolute realization, the oh shoot moment where she yeah. steps out. And she sees a ship flying over in the distance, and it's an alien ship. That's what I call the Twilight Zone moment. And in my yes. opinion, that's where the movie should have ended. Like It really should have. She goes out, she sees the alien ship, look on her face, and she just goes, fuck. Not that cut. what followed was bad. No, it wasn't bad. But it was but a good like, stopping point. It, it, that would have been like the ideal, like, boom. You don't know what happens. You don't need to know what happens. And then Rod Sterling goes up and it goes. <laughs> but I, I love that moment because, like, uh, I think everybody in the theater, like, there, there was one guy who vocalized the, oh, shoot. <laughs> 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 and, it was, and it was amazing because, because uh, I mean, if it was people or just, like, another, sh- if it was, like, you know, if you see, like, a Russian, uh, you know, like, flag or, like, a Chinese flag, because, you know, this takes place in America. If you see, like, a foreign body's, playing with a flag on it like over the fields like oh okay it was an attack by by you know a foreign body to sure america enough. but it's the soviets an alien ship it's like yeah. there is nothing you can do the sense of helplessness and then when she's trying to get the car started and um what was it the car getting started that, that made the ship bank around towards her no it was so um she had tried to get into the other car right 
So that she couldn't start the, the truck. So she has to get into the car, but the alarm goes off. Because it's locked. Yeah. She, she, she needs the keys. The keys are still on Miss Melty Face over there. So <laughs> um, that thing turns around and starts looking for her. And real quick, just real pause real quick, because I forgot to mention this. Rewind all the way back to the beginning. Do you know who the voice of the boyfriend was or the fiance? Rocket Raccoon. It was Rocket fucking Raccoon Bradley Cooper himself. Bradley Cooper? Oh, I knew I recognized that voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of looked that up, up at the end. I thought that was a really cool little Was thing. it ever explained like, what, what happened to her with them? Because I, th- I think she said something, but I, I kind of like zoned out for a second. So she's like, so that, yeah, that was the, the CW drama that you usually just don't, you know. <laughs> I yeah. zone out on. Oh, zone that's, out on. that's your Iris West moment right there. Yeah. But essentially, the whole thing is that essentially, when anything gets a little difficult, and she even mentions it in one of her, and Michelle mentions it in one of her monologues, uh, whenever things get difficult, she just runs. So they had it probably, I would assume, a rather large fight over something that was probably not that big of a deal, and she just took it like way too personally, and just was like, "This is too hard. We're not getting along. I'm just gonna fucking make a break for it." And it was probably. I would assume one of their first fights based off of her personality. So that's why she left is because they got into an argument. Mm. Based on what I could piece together. And then when you see the ship like like drop something down in the cornfield, you're like, oh, yeah. God. And it's, and it's coming towards like, oh, my God. And she's and like, the, the arms swoop down. Yeah. yeah. Little tentacle Man. arms. Dude, yeah. that, that little alien like, like dog thing was crazy looking. It looks like, it looks like, like a Ben 10 creature. creature. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like I was half expecting him in ten minutes to turn back into a little boy. <laughs> oh man, it was crazy. Yeah, and then yeah, she was nuts. She yeah, she takes down the ship or the alien or whatever. Was, do you think it was a ship or was it an alien in armor? It's both. I th- I think it was both. I, th- I think it yeah. was like 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 because uh, you know how like in Terminator they have like the hunter killers and stuff. Sure, like yeah, they're, yeah. they're 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 kind of like sentient like Skynet. Yeah. You know, like the, it, it is a droid, but at the same time, it's Skynet, so it's kind of sentient. I think the same thing with this thing because, yeah, the way it just, oh my god, it, like it hid behind the house. Yeah. Like she was running towards the house. It's, it's like, you know, like they sent the little dog thing after her, and the thing was like creeping. It was like banking around and creeping. It's just like, okay, something's over there. You can check that out. I'm going to like lay low over here, you know, kind, kind of like, like lions hunting. Yeah. And she was running towards the house, and when it came over the house, it was like it was hiding there. The whole and house glows, dude. Oh, so yeah, cool. oh the my poison god, poison gas billows that over the rest of it. Poison, soylent oh, green mist just gushing down from it. I was like, holy crap, that looks terrible for your. Oh my god, like that's what's making everybody like dead and dying. You know, like like the extinction level uh, juice mm. coming out of that ship. It, it really clears crazy. up the sinuses, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. Brie makes uh, give you some melanin. Have mm. too much melanin in your skin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, then so she ends up taking it down with a Molotov fucking cocktail, with the booze that was conveniently left behind when John Goodman was bringing her back. Chekhov's booze. <laughs> oh my god! When oh, that happened, I, she was in there, and she, I was like, the booze is in there. Oh my god! Oh, there's yep. there's a lighter. She finds the fire. <sighs> Okay. They even uh, Howard even makes a point mentioning it. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I grabbed what I could, just forgot the booze. Too bad." It's like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh. yeah, I feel like yelling, and be like, "Remember that? Remember that? They'll use that later. It's gonna be a thing." <laughs> Dude, this movie had a lot of like throwbacks like that, like the whole yeah. thing with the the CO two in a can. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. They used a lot of like good like they used a lot of tropes in it, but not in a bad way, right? Yeah. Like it, it's just very well done. They used the tropes. I mean, there uh, there was nothing. There was nothing in that movie that was wasted. Everything had a purpose, right? right yeah. Which is really fucking cool. 
Um, I loved how, like, because the Kerr hazmat suit was a shower curtain, you could just see the duck always. Yeah, and it's they- in the perfect spot. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It was so cool. Now, um, now, now, when you guys, like, when you guys step out of the bunker and you see the alien ship, like, what's, what's, what's your first course of action? Like, where, like, what are you going to do? Where are you headed? Like, what's, would you, would you try to get back in the bunker? Would you try to make a run for it? So, if I get out of the bunker, the first thought in my mind is going to be, but up, up. That's it. That's all. I'll look at the camera and be like, that's all, folks. That's all I get. And then Wait, I just die. I, ask this question? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're probably, like her, you're probably not even thinking what the hell is out there. Like, you yeah. have your hazmat suit. You're like, all right. Like, that's it. Like, I'm out of the bunker. Like, I'll figure it out as I go. I'll fucking wing it. Or you make the, the Jim Harper face at the camera. Oh, no. <laughs> Jim Harper face, me. Um, I get in a car and I book it as far as I can. Like, I pretty much do what she did, right? Except for, um, I, I would probably actually do exactly what she did and it's actually set, accidentally set off the alarm because you're not even thinking about keys at that point. And why would you think that the, the woman whose face was half melted would, would lock like, the door, would lock the door and put the keys in her pocket? Like Seriously. she's, she is like a responsible car owner to like do that. Because she's dying. She's like, nope, let me in. I want any hoodlums get in the car. And boop, boop. Okay, cool. And now, let me in. Let me in. Oh, wait. Smashing oh. your head into the window. Yeah. It's just so weird. Like, I would assume that the keys would just be. I would actually, I probably would have even assumed that the car was dead at that point. Because I thought she would have left it running for sure. But, I don't know. Something similar to what she did is what I would do. I don't know about you, Casey. Oh, man. I, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd want to go for the car first. Maybe drive towards the the closest city in the skyline i mean unless you're familiar with the area and you know where you're going yeah i mean you pretty much head in one direction until you find situ like civilization yeah. and even then that's a gamble that you don't know what the hell is out Actually, there or if there's i would any probably av- avoid cities really oh yeah, yeah. oh absolutely yeah because yeah. that's that's where they're going to sweep you know like the dense population that's where they're going to sweep and you don't like i've I've played Last of Us. I know how much of a dirtbag people can be. Like, I don't want to be near more. Yeah, near those goddamn missiles. Yeah, oh like be, like be on a farm that's actually like his farm would probably be a fairly ideal spot where it's far enough away from maybe a little bit closer, but far enough away from civilization where no one will bother you, but close enough to maybe some other places that you can go like raid and stuff like that. Maybe the suburbs. And that's that and that's the other like oh shit moment because like she realizes that she was somewhat safer in the bunker like it didn't like those like those creatures didn't know that they were there they could have lived down there oh sure yeah yeah it was only a matter of time though she knew it exactly but it would have been weird because because like what happens you know if they stay on there for a year or two years and then they come out like what would they come out to you know would they come out to just like aliens just walking around would uh they eventually find them. I mean, like, what if it, it happens that, you know, the aliens eventually do find them and then, you know, she just wakes up in her room and there's, like, this thing standing in the doorway right there. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I don't I don't think Howard would let that happen. Good thing they left all those half-filled glasses of water around the bunker. Hey! Yeah. Signs, everybody. And it's they a good thing it. that the air and the germs in the air was killing them all along. Ah! Hey. Or the world, everyone. Yeah. She's a virgin. Let's get let's get wrapping up on this right now. We're at just about an hour into the podcast right now, uh, and as everyone knows, that's the point where I ask my infamous secret question, secret, question. secret bunker question, secret bunker questions today. Secret bunker question. 
So we talked about a lot during this. We actually summarized pretty much the entire movie and our reactions to everything. And we kind of told you the adventure that Michelle went through. Uh, what we didn't really kind of tell you is it ends with her uh, driving off and then going towards civilization to help with the resistance. Right? Yeah. She goes right into it. So it's a big it's a big character moment considering she has a whole speech about not being able to do anything when she sees abuse happening. Right, right. So it's just like her whole turnaround, the world's ending, nothing left to lose. My secret question is to you is for you guys this, and it's a good thing it's only three of us because, you know, it's gonna be a fairly longer one. What happens next to Michelle? And I'm gonna start with Casey. Oh, dude. Uh she 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 really takes into that role of of being a protector and making a difference. She becomes the face of the resistance. Nice. We're talking grade A number 1. She's on a poster being slapped up. There's graffiti with her name on it in these occupied alien cities like like she yeah, she's it. She's the she's the face of it, you know. And I can see her decked out in some cool pseudo post-apocalyptic armor like she was drawn over in the magazines like maybe not mad max level of getting like dressed up and freaky freaked out but like definitely something that really really makes her look the part maybe a a character defining haircut you know Mm. like half shaven yeah oh dude right how that would be sick that'd be awesome (laughs) bring back the uh the ramona blue Ooh. There you Ooh. go. Ooh. Ramona. Uh, then search. she finds a magic handbag and finds okay. a way to jump into dimensions, meets a 20-something-year-old slacker, and falls in love. <laughs> no, no, you're just going through <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe, an amazing movie Every, that everyone should check out. Oh, man. That was like that was like a quote-unquote sleeper hit because it didn't do that well in the theater, but it did a great DVD. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Kind of like yeah. uh, Grandma's Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. search. There's a, well, I, oh, sorry, can I just say one more thing? Maybe. Sure. I don't, I don't want to jump right in. There's a, there's a comic by Alan Moore that's, that's actually, it has a very similar feel to what I would want. It's called The Ballad of Halo Jones. Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't read yeah, it. I've heard of it. It's a, it's about this, like, everyday girl who just gets caught up in, in all the shit in her world, but, you know, as this, this growing war goes on, um, she, she ends up becoming a revolutionary figure. You know, like yeah. somebody that would be so unexpected goes through a traumatic ordeal and then just uses that as a, a jumping off point to inspire the mask. Hmm. So it's cool. good stuff. Serge, what happens to Michelle after she drives in towards the city? That, as you oh, see. Oh, man. She goes, I need a weapon. And then Master Chief comes down from oh, the skies. Cause he was, <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> no, I, I think she becomes uh, Sarah Connor pretty much because she's like. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, fire. Fire is a trick. I think that's why she drove off. She's like, fire is a thing. I have to go tell everybody because they might not know fire is going to kill them. Because <laughs> it's so easily killed that thing. It's okay. Here's what you got to do. You got to let it almost eat you and then throw fire in its gut. Like, that scene was crazy when it was just coming up. Like, yeah. it was going to eat her. Like, what the hell? Like, like a squid or something. God, that was crazy. Yeah. Man. So I think she goes off to be a Sarah Connor. Like, you know, she actually starts taking life seriously. She's not running away anymore. She becomes, you know, she, she's a bit stronger for what she went through. I mean, she lived through a psychopath who was protective, but he was also a legit psychopath. I mean, like, going back to what we said earlier, he couldn't see her as, like, 
a woman, you know, when they were playing uh, that game, it's like Michelle is a girl, a uh, child. Uh, yeah. She's a bit older, so uh, princess. Um, Has child John Goodman is, uh, ever girl, played girl? Santa Claus in a movie? Because now I kind of want him to. It's going to take me a while to get over the fact that, about how good <laughs> yeah. he was. So you want him to play Santa Claus in a movie so he can see children as what? Like. Oh, the whole what's what's the connection here? The whole bit that's that was his card. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, because he was just like he's like, I see everything you do, and he's trying to describe Santa Claus, but they're just like, because uh, they're building oh, the yeah, hazmat suit. <laughs> and he's like, I see you when you're sleeping. And that stupid bumpkin like couldn't get it. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't know what you're getting at. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, I mean, like I don't to be know fair, what you think. You're doing these things you're not supposed to do, and you know he's going to kill you if he finds out. And he's sitting there saying, "I see you. I see what I you're see doing." You. I would, I would probably shit myself right there. <laughs> um, oh he's a Santa well, that's Greg? really a big fan of the Krampus. Well, well something I wanted to a quick point I wanted to bring up, which I wanted to mention in the beginning. Is it just me, or was it more difficult to kill John Goodman than it was the giant alien hybrid spaceship thing? No, that was that was pretty easy. No, it took, a, it took her how many days to kill John Goodman? <laughs> well, she wasn't trying to kill him over... She wasn't trying to kill him in the first place. Well, okay, let me rephrase. How long did it take her to get away from John Goodman? And how okay. long did it take her to get away from the giant alien thing? Those are completely separate things. What are no, you? What are you? What no. are you out of my head? So my my, my point my point is this: that no matter how bad the aliens were, I think what Ten Cloverfield Lane was kind of saying is that we're worse. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. way worse. Absolutely. And the fact that she went through that whole ordeal with him prepared her even more so for what happened at the end. I think what happens is she just pulls a bangs at Yui and just runs away. No, I'm just kidding. Um. She ends up getting launched into space and changes her name to Ripley and then faces aliens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ripley. Well, Ripley. she had that she had that Sigourney Weaver vibe to her. She at the did, end, which was yeah. fucking great. It was and, awesome. And honestly, like the what you guys had said is is pretty much it. She goes, she becomes the head of the resistance. She has that badass chick, loses an arm, maybe. Furious. No, she could. She's yeah, into this. Like, so she just cuts it off because she saw Mad Max and that universe like, exists. Yeah, like like she just becomes the badass hero, and then she, like she fights more aliens. Says welcome to Earth, punches one. This is our Independence Day. No, you're done. Yeah, bring it all. In. Just, <laughs> we will not go crawling into the night. <laughs> just just make this a stir. This stew. why did we all just make it into it another movie? <laughs> That's, I mean, she becomes the badass of all badasses, essentially. I would like to see, I do want to see this continue. And if, in, I do like uh, Gregory's idea of this being like like Twilight Zone, like Cloverfield, like the name now is like a Twilight Zone. Yeah. Like, I do like that. Like you had the monster and everything and it kind of loosely ties uh, together. But there's this overarching like like weird stories inside of this world where it ends up being this alien catastrophe but like we're you know like we're terrible because even in Cloverfield like some of the things that were happening with those people were terrible like the well, things that they were going through themselves that, because too, the monster people. was created by us through yeah. like nuclear testing if you ever if you if you're fortunate enough to be uh, like a teenager or in your late 20s or, or older when the first Cloverfield movie came out the vi- their viral marketing was fucking awesome like they had the whole slusha website 
that was in like Japanese. And if you translated it, you got to actually read like snippets of what happened and how this monster was created. And it was a uh, nuclear testing that created the Cloverfield monster. So we created the thing that is ultimately destroyed New York city, which is fucking crazy. Again, we're no matter how bad nature can get, we just make it worse. So, and I think that's that common theme in Cloverfield, which I'm looking forward to more of. Hopefully it won't take, eight or ten years for the next one to come out you, you do you could probably whip out one every year you just have it being like a rotating director showcase yeah like every year every other year something like that like i'd love to see um some more like uh what's the name ryan johnson do one who did brick also looper and is going to be doing episode nine i believe right who's, who's the guy who did drive oh he would be awesome he would do a really cool one that'd be yeah. really low budget that'd be really really cool uh, what's that? I can't remember his name. I think he's like French, isn't he? I don't even know. I don't know. Um, I would love to see what's his name get a redemption movie out of Cloverfield, but I I don't want to risk it. The guy did um, what's his name? The guy who did Fantastic Four. Oh, Josh Trank. Josh Trank. I'd love this because like you know, still Chronicle is still a good movie. Yeah. No matter how you put it, and I think Cloverfield would be more up his wheelhouse if he can get one of those. You know? Get James Gunn to do one. Oh, that'd be really cool. That'd be really fucking cool. Like, yeah, just like you know, every other year, every year, get that revolving thing going. I'd love to see more and more of these, and keep them at that hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah, it's a, it's a movie that's just the right length. Like, it doesn't feel too long. It's it's enjoyable. I don't know. Yeah. I finished my popcorn. Oh yeah, yeah. I, oh, I I finished my popcorn like well well before. Like my <laughs> popcorn's pretty much done as soon as the opening credits start sometimes so and i hadn't eaten dinner that night either so that was like gone i saw the 10 cloverfield lane logo put popcorn back down because it's done (laughs) (laughs) i'm ready to enjoy this and i'm glad i I finished it so early because i probably would have forgotten that it was there uh during the movie Oh, man. But um, well, the, yeah. that's all the time we have for this podcast. Everyone, I want to thank everyone for tuning in each and every week on Twitch.tv slash BadCodyFunky and checking out BadCodyFunky.com for everything you care about in the nerd world without all the saturated fat of news fluff. This has been uh, a booster, Greg. What up, TV's Casey? Hey. And I'm Sergio. Guys, make sure to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud for you Android users, and uh, make sure to check back CodyFunky.com for everything you care about. And make sure uh, to come also during the week, not only on Thursdays, as we do play games live on Twitch.tv. And uh, yeah, there's a podcast flavor for everyone. Each week we talk about a different topic. There could be something for you. We've talked about Ten Cloverfield Lane today on this issue. We've talked about, we're going to be talking about Batman versus Superman come next week with uh, radio personality Michael Dolce on TalkingAlternative.com. He's a radio personality uh, based in New York. Um, He kind of talks about the same things that we do, and he's very entertaining. And if you ever... Uh, want to hear a professional? Want <laughs> <laughs> no, professional? <laughs> He's got a real legit voice for radio, He's, and we're oh, happy yeah. to have him. <laughs> exactly, and uh, and also we're we're gonna do um, uh, a joint show with him as well uh, uh, that that following Friday, and also check out his Deadpool podcast, in which uh, Booster Greg and myself, Sergio, were on on TalkingAlternative.com. Again, that's Michael Doge TalkingAlternative.com. Secrets of the Sire is his show. Until next time, guys, we'll see you later, or we'll see you another time. 
Or we'll see you next. Open the door!